now. Yeah. Hey, Fed Heads, welcome back to another episode of Cigar Chat. I'm your host, Trip. We are broadcast live on Facebook, uh, around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network, and of course available on your favorite podcast catcher or on the, the classic method of watching us, YouTube. Um, I'm here with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how you doing, brother? Doing good. Staying warm. Got the propane going full blast. Yeah, I'm sure as the show goes on, we'll be able to to watch you descend into, like, uh, like turn into, um, what's his name? The guy from The Shining. I don't remember the character's name. Jack? Um, yeah, he's played by Jack Nicholson. Uh, but how he, like, freezes at the end, that's how Jason's going to look at the end of this show. Going to have um, frost on the beard. Yeah. And then... Of course, we're here with our our guest of the evening, David Blanco. How you doing? Pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. It's uh, wonderful to be here. Uh, you got me in another part of the country for today's interview, but I'm I'm glad I made it and uh, no incident. So I, I apologize for the last time I was scheduled. I uh, I missed the time because I had a slight accident, but uh, nothing personal, just a vehicle problem that uh, couldn't get around. So. It, things like that happen. Uh, we understand, um, but it is a bummer when it happens at the last minute, and and people yeah. want to see your face on the internet. Well, here we go. Let me give him a good shot. There okay. it is. <laughs> uh, so, actually, before we start talking about the cigars and the brand and everything, I want to mention we do have a uh, a couple of special things tonight. So we are doing a giveaway, um, and um, I'm trying to think of how to say this, but we've. We've been advised that we may not be uh, it may not be great for us to be giving away cigars, unfortunately, because of the FDA. Um, they they do have some problems with us because we're part of a store. Um, we're not really allowed to give cigars away for free. So what we're doing tonight, we're going to pick two winners uh, at the end of the show. If you ask a question, you're entered to win. They're going to win one of these nice little prize packs from Blanco Cigars. Um, and all we ask is that you pay 99 cents for it. I'm going to pay for shipping. Um it's going to be free. Otherwise, you just have to pay 99 cents to get around the FDA. Um, but if you're not a winner, uh, we've got it. I know it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> 99 cents. This is just semantics. We got to do this goofy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you don't win, uh, we do now have the guys that run the Cigar Federation store now have some of Blanca's products in stock. Um, David's going to tell us about them a little bit here in a few moments. Uh, and if you order within the next week, that so that is before. Let me let me pull up a calendar here because I don't want to give people the wrong date. If you order before the end of January, before February first, um, and you use the code Cigar Chat Blanco. Uh, you're going to get 20% off everything from Blanco Cigars. So that's wow. an event special that we're doing for this show. Uh, we're trying to like, you know, we're trying to give back a little bit for our viewers. So um, if you guys want to pick up some of David's cigars, Cigar Federation is the place to do it, at Thank least you. for the next week. I appreciate Thank it. you. Not for the next week. <laughs> You'll always be able to get them just now at this, this great deal. Yeah, just, you just won't get a fantastic deal on them like you are right now. Um, <laughs> So now let's talk about your cigars a little bit. Um, you, of course, run Blanco Cigars, as as I kind of mentioned, um, and you've got a bunch of lines that are under the Blanco name. Uh, and then a little bit later, we'll talk about uh, you do a lot of blending for other people. We'll get to that, though. So let's talk about uh, can you just go over what lines you have available? Sure. So uh, as you kind of showed in that pack there, that will give people a visual if you hold it up and I can talk about it from uh, as you're looking on the screen from left to right. The Primos uh, Premium Selection, or Primos Premium Cigars, is the ones with the 
brown gold wrappers on the left side of that bag as you look at the screen. One is in a Rosado and one is in a Maduro, both three are aged Habanos. The middle one in the black and silver band uh, is the Blanco 9. And then the two on the right with the uh, beautiful bands in gold and green are the Liga Exclusiva de Familia in Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro on the far right. And then the torpedo-looking cigar there is the Connecticut Shade version. So that is Which, some of core. I, I thought this was a torpedo, and then I, when I pulled one out, I noticed that it's actually a Salomon. Yeah, Salomon. I can't, well, I can't see the bottom of the bag, so I, I knew it, was, it looked, appeared to be a torpedo, yeah. but probably Salomon. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there I it is. kind to see it. There you go. So these are some of the core lines we have. The, the Really quickly, the Primo's premium uh, cigars, Rosado and Maduro, have a, a three-year aged Habano wrap around it, uh, different fermentation. That's why one is a Rosado, one is Maduro. They're a Nicaraguan, Honduran filler binder combination. And when we brought that cigar out back uh, while 2007-ish, it was uh, rated best value cigar of the year by Cigar Aficionado when they come out with their best rating in top 25 stuff. Um, the uh, Blanco 9 is our highest rated cigar uh, to date. They got a 95 in CA, a 93 in Smoke, a 90 in Snob. We tied the Cuban Cohiba in Cigar Aficionado in the Lancero, which really put us on the wow. map. Because I'm a Lancero whore, for those of you that know me. And uh, I was very proud of that because um, the Cuban Cohiba is one of them. The, the Lancero in particular is one of the more popular ones, made famous by Fidel Castro, unfortunately. Um, and uh, so we've done very well with that. And just recently, we got uh, Cigar of the Year on irabusto.com 2017 uh, with the Blanco 9 as well, Cigar of the Year. So uh, can't get better than that. Um, we're doing very well. Uh, the, the Liga Exclusiva, the last two cigars, the one that comes in the Connecticut and the Maduro, which is a Pennsylvania Broadleaf, um, they're all Nicaraguan filler binder combinations. Uh, the, the blends are entirely different, one from the other, not just the wrapper. Uh, my father prefers the Connecticut, so I blended that for him, and that's specifically his favorite cigar. We got a we got a 92 rating in Smoke Magazine with that one, and then the Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro. Interestingly, we buy that wrapper from the Amish up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. There's some tobacco up there, uh, old school, you know, not all the pesticides and and uh, highly chemicalized fertilizers and stuff. So they really do it well. Very unique flavor profile on that. Um, the Maduro is all Nicaraguan as well. That's a little bit fuller flavor. Uh, that rated number two cigar of the year as voted by the consumers this year, 2017 on average. So, phenomenal uh, response to those two cigars in particular. Very happy. Uh, price points on those, anywhere from 5 to $10, pretty much, depending on the state you're in. Uh, those uh, are our MPs, So there, There is one that I want to highlight, which is one that I, uh, you gave me one at the show this year, the uh, Blanco 9 Menudos, which is kind of a, it's like a half Churchill. It's really a petite, you could call it a petite Corona. You could call it a Cigarillo. I call it a half Lancero. That's um, what it is. Because it's really the same cigar as this, just sh about this long, actually. Yeah, it's a four inch, um, eight uh, Lancero. And those and those are like three bucks. Uh, a five pack, a five pack MSRP is sixteen ninety five. So oh, man. yeah, wow, yeah. that's great. And that's basically the same as the Lancero. It's just for those guys that, well, this is a perfect example. Our buddy right here who's freezing his bones off over there may not want to spend as much time as a 7-inch Lancero, but he can still take the noodle out and enjoy a cigar and not freeze. So this is why we do it. For the extreme cold weather, the extreme warm weather, or if you just want a quick smoke and you still want the flavor profile, the Lancero gives you a great uh, opportunity, and the, and the Minuto, which is in a five-pack, even gives you a better opportunity with time. 
And I'm smoking the, as I just held up, I'm smoking the Nine Lancero. It's it's sweet, it's spicy, it's like, it's got that sweet chocolate broadleaf kind of flavor. Um, but then it's backed up with a little bit of kick, which I like. Nice. Right, so the filler, the filler on the Nine is a triple Lajero, early priming, all Nicaraguan cigar. So it has that spice that you're talking about, but not the overbearing spice that when you when you hear other people use the word lajero, you think, oh my god, it's going to be a pepper bomb if it's a triple lajero. Um, yeah, Lito, it's not quite a pepper bomb for sure. Right. Lito, Lito Gomez is a phenomenal uh, cigar maker, and he has a double lajero, and it's a chisel, and that's really a spicy cigar. So when I tell people mm-hmm. when they know about that cigar, and I say triple lajero, they go, oh my god, it's not at all. It's more balanced uh, as far as flavor profile. It's in a school Corojo wrapper, um, so you really get the. Uh, the deep, rich notes and tones in the smaller ring gauge, the Minutos and the Lanceros, which is why I prefer the Lancero on that side. Personally, but it is what it is. Now, we do have a big ring gauge 9 uh, because the regular 9 line was all 52 ring gauge except the Lancero. Mm-hmm. Guys are like, listen, man, you're not making a big ring gauge for us. And we want it a little stronger. Can you do something? So I went back to the drawing board, and I tried to just make the regular 9 blend, and I'm holding a double Corona in my hand, into a 58-60 ring gauge, and it came flat. You just couldn't do it. Uh, so I had to re-engineer the entire blend. I used the same core three fillers. I added a fourth to, for space. I changed the binder to a Lajero binder. And at that point, I was like, well, I need to find something else with a, with, with a deeper, richer flavor. And I found a Habano uh, Lajero wrapper that we had in the factory. So there it's you go. Nice. Six, Lajeros, six Lajeros on a 58 ring gauge. <laughs> so it takes about two hours to smoke. <laughs> yeah, I could see that being a slow burner. Oh, yeah. But again, it's early priming on the Lajero. So even even though it's deeper, richer, it has a little more nicotine kick to it, it's not going to blow your mouth up. You get a lot of flavor from it. Uh, that's pretty much my genre is a lot of flavor, not as much spice. I don't like too much hot sauce on my food if I'm going to make the analogy. And I like to taste when I'm, you know, all the spices that I got going on there, not just, you know, pepper it out. Um, so you usually get a lot of flavor from our cigars. And then what are you smoking, Jason? I'm smoking the... Uh... Liga Exclusiva PA Broadleaf. Looks like uh, what I give you there. What size is that? I can't even tell. This is this is the Gordo. I think this is like a like a ah, six by sixty or something. Yep, that's the six and a quarter yeah. by sixty. We call it a, a Grand Toro. So I give you the big one. Which is good. I will say that for um, for being a sixty ring gauge, you I would guess that you adjusted the blend a little bit for the ring gauge because it's you're definitely getting the full flavor experience. It doesn't feel muted at all. Absolutely, that's the trick. You gotta you gotta slightly play with the the percentages and the and the ratios and the bigger ring gauges if you want to if you want to grow up the ladder. Uh, some blenders don't do that, um, but that's why when you get larger ring gauges, sometimes you get washed out. It's like adding too much water in the Kool Aid. You know, it just becomes yeah. Um, we got a couple of audience questions here. Let me. Oh, we have an audience? I thought it was just us. <laughs> no, nope, we've we've definitely got an audience. <laughs> Uh, so here, here's an here's a layup from Bob Dog. Uh, he wants to know which Blanco cigar would you recommend for somebody that likes broadleaf, Nicaraguan filler, medium to full bodied with a nice spice kick. You already answered that one. I guess it'd be the Liga Exclusiva de Familia Pennsylvania broadleaf in any one of the six sizes we make it in. So you pick the size, we got the cigar for you. That's what I would recommend. And Samuel Purdy wants to know if you're going to be bringing. I got to give him a shout out. What's right. up? Sam? I know this guy, good guy. He's up in the uh, Cleveland, upstate New York area up there. He's, I've, I've seen him at a few events. Love you, buddy. Thanks for uh, dialing in on the show today. 
What's the question? He wants to know if you're going to be bringing your new line to the next Cleveland, Ohio event schedule. Oh, yes. Um, the might not be ready before that. Um, I'm not, I might be there in the springtime, so I don't know if the new lines are going to be ready, uh, but they will be ready by the summer. And I guess you can, we're segueing into what's the next line of cigars, right? Yeah. So if you want me to do that, we have two new blends coming out uh, with Cigar Obsession Cigars. Right now we have the first third, second third, and final third. Uh, we're going to be coming out with a fourth blend. It's going to be called the IF uh, Selection and the BG Reserve. The IF Selection is the first cigar uh, that I haven't blended that I'm going to be selling uh, as one of our lines. He's a, he's a personal friend of mine, and he's the master blender at the Placencia factory. His name is Ivan Fajardo, and uh, I wanted to give him the opportunity to bring out a cigar with his name on it. He's behind such uh, gems as... Get ready for this one. Casa Magna, uh, Nicapuro, Black Market, um, Monte Cristo uh, Espada, the, the Timeless um, by um, on, guys, Sherman. Nat Sherman, thank you. The Romeo and Julieta 505, I didn't say that one. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He's behind all of these blends, and none of you have ever heard his name. So, oh, the Placencia Alma Fuerte, another one. Wow. So, I mean, He's going to have a cigar with his name on it, and uh, I want to be able to bring it out. It's going to have four sizes. The BG Reserve, and he's going to have, a, I think it's a Habano wrapper he's doing for it. BG Reserve is going to be the Brian Glenn Reserve, the fifth and final installment of the line. is going to be a Mexican uh, uh, San Andreas uh, Maduro wrapper, uh, or a very dark wrapper. Um, and we're going to do that in three sizes with just that wrapper, and the fourth one, we're going to use the Mexican and the natural and do a barbacoa. So, uh, that was the next question, actually, from uh, Connor Comstock. <laughs> or, no, sorry, from Samuel Purdy. No, yeah, from yeah. Gary Williams. I'm getting caught up in the question uh, because uh, in typical fashion, Facebook is apparently updating things, so I can't even get to Facebook on my laptop. So looking at it in our little widget on the video. Um, yeah, that was Gary Williams Jr. wanted to know about when the barber pole was coming out. There you go. So that we'll hopefully have that out by late spring, uh, May, maybe June. I'm trying, guys. I can't rush it. It's about aging some tobaccos that we want to make sure everything comes out right. So, I mean, that's that's a common thing. In the we've all had a cigar that was released too early. Um, yeah, do it. And and it's never a good idea for anybody. You never uh, want to be the guy that releases a cigar and then says, "Let that sit in your humidor for six months because it's not ready." Yeah, <laughs> well, we know we know that cigar works, the blends work because we've had aged stuff. But now it's how much do we need to make the run for production? And that's where we're working right now with fermenting product to make sure that the material is ready for production to come out at a certain time. And if it takes a little bit longer, depending on. Uh, temperature and humidity and just the uh, overall uh, ambiance of Nicaragua, which is quite warm and sometimes more humid than less humid. Sometimes it takes a little longer to uh, ferment things, uh, and that's just the way it is. So, but you it's always worth the wait. Yeah, yeah, it's always worth the wait. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break for one of our sponsors, and then we'll be back with more of your questions because uh, they're piling up here, and I'm trying to get through them. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. All right, welcome back to Cigar Chat with David Blanco. Uh, I'm your host, Trip. We're live on Facebook. Uh, ask a question if you're watching because you can win some cigars. Uh, though I, I have to just say it as a disclaimer, you'll have to play a mere 99 cents, which is, um, I mean, that's the cheapest cigars you're going to buy this year. Hey, 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 they're inexpensive. They're not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's All right. Jason, I'm going to go through these questions a little bit. I'm going to let you ask a question okay. because I've been doing all the talking. So um, just kind of a, let's go into tobacco a little bit. Do, do you have a, a type of tobacco that you really like to work with? Yes. Uh, the type is the, the type that doesn't have lingering aftertaste effects that bite me in the back of my throat so I don't look around after I smoke a cigar and wonder where the cat went that took a shit in my mouth. <laughs> so what I'm saying basically is you'll find that a lot of my cigars, in fact, all of my cigars, have a very clean finish. Um, most blenders have their own fingerprint and style of how they blend, like an artist with paintings, whether it's Rembrandt or Picasso, you can tell their work. Um, it's same thing with cigar blenders. Um, you know, Pepin, if you smoke a lot of his stuff, you, you notice a certain tendency he has. Or Fuente. Um, or uh, Lito Gomez, as I mentioned earlier. These guys make very, you can tell a certain cigar profile that they have an influence on. Um, mm. I don't necessarily do that with a flavor profile. What it is is an absence of aftertaste, of lingering bitiness, because I don't like those type of tobaccos that do that to my palate, and I know a lot of people that don't like it either. So the best thing I could say is most of my cigars have a very clean finish. Both of you are smoking different cigars right now. Do either one of them hit you in the back of the neck and have an accident? Not at all. No. Yeah, it. neither of them have that kind of like um, – I compare it to like when you add way too much pepper to something and, it, and you get like that clinging yeah. spice in the back of your throat. Or you eat a sharp cheese and you have that aftertaste in your mouth yeah. for a while. You don't get that with my cigar. So any tobacco that gives that to me – and that can be tobacco from any country, from any priming, from any, any varietal. depends on the soil. That's what really affects that type of thing. So – there's a lot of tobacco from the Dominican Republic that'll do that. There's some from Mexico. We even have some from Nicaragua that I don't use on uh, particular varietals in certain fields because I know it's prevalent in certain areas, and there's different growing areas around the country. Um, oh, so yeah. I stay away from those tobaccos. Sometimes I try to use them anyway because when you blend them and meld them with other tobacco, it kind of finishes it off a little bit. But most of the time it doesn't, and I'll end up taking it out and replacing it with something else that provides me the flavor profile and aroma that I'm looking for. So. All right, so I've got another uh, viewer question. This one actually is from Connor Comstock. Um, okay. He he wants to know if you have any sampler packs, and he wants he knows he could go online and check, but then he would miss the show. He's been dying to try them for a while. Um, so if you go to store.cigarfederation.com right now, you can get twenty percent off some sampler packs. Um, I'm not trying to be a shill here, but I want you guys to get a good deal. Use the code Cigar Chat Blanco, um, and there are some. Sampler packs that include they're they're kind of modeled after this one, so you get a little bit of everything. Um, 
Or you just entered yourself into a contest, so you might win this sampler pack right here. Super. Let's see. Oh, here's a good one from Bob Dog. I like this question. Um, first, he says, thank you for your service, which well, we thank you for your service. service. Uh, listen, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to serve the country, and, I, and it's an honor to do so. Not everybody can do it or is able to do it physically or mentally, and um, mm -hmm. it's just how I give back, and um, it's an honor to do it. Uh, he wants to know if you've got a favorite military training exercise. Favorite <laughs> military training exercise. I love jumping out of planes. So if that counts, I've, I've noticed that from your Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Um, let's see. What other favorite military? I love shooting at the ranges. I love blowing stuff up. Um, you know, I enjoy serving. Uh, I, I do it now not because I have to. It's because I like to do it. I enjoy doing it, and I like giving back and um, I pretty much enjoy my job in the military, so all of it. Nice. I love the men, the camaraderie with the men, leading the men, whether it's training or, or combat. I mean, nobody wants to be in combat, but once you've been in combat, it's a certain bond uh, that you've made with those men that um, you're hard-pressed to ever find again in another type of situation. So uh, it, uh, it melds you. you know, kind of like the show, Band of Brothers. I mean, there's a reason why they call it Band of Brothers, because you do become, in certain aspect in, in life, you do become brothers. That makes sense. Um, we've got another question from Elaine McBride. She wants to know what we're smoking um, and if you have any plans to come to Missouri. So first we'll start off with what we're smoking. I'm having fantastic Liga 9 Lancero. I got the Liga Exclusiva with the Pennsylvania Broadleaf. I'm trying to see where this is at because on my screen I'm really tiny. This is the Blanco 9 Double Corona that will be lit when this show is over. <laughs> you just smoke. can't smoke inside. Yeah. Well, you could. You just lose your deposit and probably yeah, have to pay a we fine. Because actually, I like yeah. this place. I'd like to come back. So. Yeah, they wouldn't be happy if you lit a cigar in there, I'm betting. <laughs> but when are you planning on coming to Missouri anytime soon? Uh, we've had a couple shops actually ask us to come out there uh, and do an event. Now, I don't go north of the Mason-Dixon line until uh, you know, like May, June. So uh, the way I usually do my events is uh, I'm in the southern half of the country during the winter months and then the northern half of the country during the summer months. Um, when I'm not out of the country, that is. When I'm not in Europe or on the factory doing tours, because we have tours to the factory as well. Uh, we have one in April going for a week down to the factory for... Uh, we're going to actually... My tours are a little bit different. I just don't go to Esteli and show you, here's the factory, here's the fields, and we're done. So I'm kind of like the Anthony Bourdain of cigar factory tours. <laughs> If you guys want to know with Anthony Bourdain, check him out. It's a great show on. I think he's on CNN now or something. Yeah, he's on CNN now. Right, so he's a foodie kind of guy. I'm a foodie guy, but of course my passion is cigars. I love rum. I love the beach, and I love the travel. So we fly into Managua for the tour. We go to Granada. We spend time there, which is one of the oldest colonial cities in uh, Central America. I was actually there two days ago throwing an event for the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival before I came here to Vegas. Uh, I arrived here yesterday, so actually I was there yesterday, technically. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, then we go to Esteli, of course, for the cigar facet uh, element of the tour, and that's seed to, to box, and then we do a rum pairing evening with Flor de Caña, and then we go to the beach uh, uh, in Las Panitas, which is the Pacific coast, and we spend a lot of time on the beach enjoying, and we spend a couple nights there, and then we go to the main city that's right in, inside, which is the old capital of Nicaragua, which is Leon. It was the old capital. And the Spaniards had it uh, back when it was a colonial country, and we get to see another old one. So we see Leon, Granada, Managua, Esteli, and the beach. There's oh, no other wow. tour that. None. That sounds so. like a fantastic tour. I have one question. Where do you eat in Granada? 
I've uh, eaten at some really good restaurants there. there I'm are, just curious which ones you hit. There are a few, um, and I know what I do. And we actually, there's a main thoroughfare where there's a lot of cafes outside. Oh, yeah. If you talking about the main um, cartera. And what I do is, and this is the beautiful part about my tour, is that I look around at everybody and I go, where would you guys like to eat? Nice. And then after that, I say, what would you guys like to do? Would you guys like to go to the, the uh, casino, the bar, the dance club? We're free-flowing, man. This is not like this itinerary. Like, everybody follow me. This is the White House tour. Your exits will be in front and back. It's very free-flowing. When we go to every one of those cities, I tell them the major – I show them the major spots to be seen as far as uh, the architecture uh, architecture and the buildings and, and the, the, the beautiful fountains and things of that nature. But after that, I say, here are our options. You guys pick. So, for me, every tour is just a little bit different. Sometimes we go to the old hotel – um, right off the main drag there, and we go sit there and have coffee and smoke cigars in the grotto. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we sit and, and we go to the lake. Sometimes uh, we'll take the the, uh, the boat tour to the islands mm-hmm. out of there. They have an uh, island chain there. Oh, yeah. And they have restaurants on the island. Sometimes they like to do that. So we try to keep it fresh and have every tour just a little bit customized to the tour members themselves. And if people want information on how to get on one of those tours, where can they get that? BlancoCigars.com. There's a tour page. There's a factory tour page. There's an itinerary listed day by day. But like I said, that's our general itinerary page. It actually has Honduras listed in there because what we used to do is do half the trip in Nicaragua. And then we would drive and do the half the trip in Honduras. There's only about an hour and a half drive in between the board. But what we found out was that people are seeing the same thing. A factory is a factory is a factory. So yep. what we decided to do was cut out the Honduran side and stay in Nicaragua and see all of the beautiful things there are to see, like volcanoes and uh, coffee plantations and all the cities I just mentioned, not to mention the beach. So we, we kind of amended it. So it's not exactly accurate on the website, but we also have a frequently asked question uh, page about is it safe? Because that's always the number one question. Oh, of course, yeah. It's safe, guys. Uh, I, my family's been there since the 60s, um, and I've been going there for 20 years. Nobody's ever had an issue with feeling uh, you know, unsafe or, or not being comfortable. Um, but, uh, you know, do, do, what should I wear? How much money should I bring? You know, customs and things like that. So we have that, and we have photos of some of the places we go. If you want to see more, check out uh, my Facebook pages, which I have multiple. But I post a lot of video of the factory, the beaches, and everything else. Uh, Instagram, I'm on there, too. You'll see a lot of the stuff I do down there as well. We try to bring people down, not only to the factory, but wherever I travel, whether it's Europe, Canada. And I try to bring people with me on this adventure. Uh, so we make it as very as interactive as possible so you guys see what it is to be a cigar manufacturer or a brand owner traveling around and, and swimming different parts of the world. Awesome. Um, and speaking of the safety of Nicaragua, it feels very safe. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're down there, you don't feel like it doesn't feel sketchy. Usually, even at night, um, yeah. like people are just nice. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very weird. Um, and it's officially the safest country in Central America. Um, like I'm a couple years ago on safari, we built some houses in Oscar Gomez. And like we were in Oscar Gomez after night by ourselves like just three white dudes walking around in oscar gomez and it doesn't feel like you're going to get mugged like it does in most parts of central america well it, it can be i mean there are it can be dangerous right so but, here's the place i would tell you not to go down in certain areas of managua the main cities in central oh, america yes. actually managua is probably the place where i felt the least safe 
Yeah, there there are some areas where where there's any major concentration of people, uh, and the capitals of the Central American countries are where most of the population exists because of job opportunities. You know, there are there's over six million people in Managua. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, that's as a result, huge city. there's there's a lot of uh, poverty, and as a result, there's a lot of crime. Um, you start going into other places where I was mentioning, not as much crime. We're not a little bit because they know there's a heavy tourist element here. Mm-hmm. There's also pocketing and things of that nature. But violent crime in those areas are very low because they're not looking to risk getting uh, in, in any type of uh, um, confrontation. They're looking to do some type of property crime. Uh, you know, steal your purse when you got it sitting on the on the uh, chair and you're not watching it, or you know things like that. So, but on the whole, we've never had any issues on any of the tours. You know, I, I should knock on wood when I do that. <laughs> um, for all the going on down there, so it's a, it's a beautiful place, and I've had people come back on our tours multiple times. It's been a great time for them. Nice. We're gonna take a quick, uh, another quick break here. We'll be right back with more with David Blanco. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today your hats in the way um so i'll we're back now um so these are both pictures from the padrone farm in esteli ah okay okay so that's i got you i got you um i was there last year this week last year for puro sabor um and i i snapped a couple pictures my life my wife thought they looked really good so she she had them framed um But I this guess, isn't about pictures. This is about David, Mr. David Blanco. Um, uh, she brought that up. Let me just say it's not only about David Blanco. It's not too late <laughs> to, uh, as far as time has passed by, to give our condolences to the uh, Padrone family uh, for the loss of their patriarchal family. Uh, and, well, the Oliva family that also lost their patriarch, and uh, both in the in last month of December. So uh, our condolences to the family. Uh, I was attend- in attendance to the funeral to both. And... Um, Really good people, um, and, and I mean people. I don't just mean cigar people. Uh, there are yeah. people. You know, there's other facets to everybody that we, you know we talk to here. We all have our hobby here, which is for you guys that are watching cigars. And then some of us have it as a livelihood. But even those of us that have it as a livelihood do other things, and there are other facets of who we are. And they were just good people, uh, not to mention great cigar makers. So and, and the cigar icons. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger uh, than those two people, you know. And then just recently, the year before, we lost Carlo Fuente. So, um, and then Ajo before that. So, an entire generation of people in the industry that were iconic um, within the past year, year and a half, have vanished from the earth, and uh, it's a great loss, and uh, we missed them all. So, well said. Yeah. All right, we've got some more audience questions here. Let's see, uh, John Chasomeris. Uh, wants to know where in Canada he can find Blanco cigars. All right, so at the moment, uh, we are in the Ontario province, um, which is Toronto, Niagara Falls, all that area up there, guys. Um, the actual locations of the shops, either you'd have to check my website for some of them that might be listed, or you'd have to call your local brick and mortar. Since we have a distributor that handles that up there, 
Um, I'm not always privy to w- which shops buy from the distributor since we don't sell to them directly. Mm-hmm. The distributor would have that information. So I don't know every shop that our product is in, but we might have a few of them listed. For example, I know for sure we're in Cigar Experience in Niagara Falls. Um, and I'm gonna, I don't want to even say any other names because at this point I, I'm going to get them wrong, but I know we're in a bunch of Toronto. Um, there's, there's a shop north of Toronto. We've actually uh, I visited them as well. So if you look in that province, call up your local tobacconist if you're in that province. We're not in Quebec. We're not in Alberta. We're not in any other places yet. But this year, we're looking to expand distribution into the other provinces of Canada. All right. Jason, I'll let you ask a question. I've been I've been running through these audience questions. Yeah, uh, nice. But I want to um, let you get some words in. As, as kind of a tag along to that, is Canada one of the most difficult markets to get into because of taxes and the import madness that you have to go through? It's more difficult than some, not as difficult as others. Um, um, taxes are a problem, um, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not too daunted by the taxes from the perspective that I come from, which is a boutique brand that values uh, that has a lot invested with the value of our product. That is to say, in the U.S., our products go anywhere from five to ten, twelve, fifteen dollars, depending on the cigars all very reasonably priced cigars. So what I do is I will adjust our pricing scale to ensure that we are as competitive as possible in those other countries, which means we we cut our profit margin. But this is what we do to gain a foothold in those in those markets um, and allow people to experience our cigars at an affordable price. That's the key, affordable price. And we're in Europe doing the same thing. Uh, we're in Africa now. Uh, Australia is the big one. Wow. Cool. That is, but that's the big one. The big one is if you think it's bad in Canada, Australia is act absolutely horrendous. They have now gone to plain packaging laws. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. All, all cigar shops are pretty much, I don't want to say all, but most of the cigar shops in that country are closed. You cannot, you just, it's not worth the business. So it's driven the uh, industry over there online a lot. And those yeah. guys, they have to, they, they literally have naked cigars when they tell you what you're buying. Yeah, they have uh, they have those. They don't have like paper bands that are like a weird color. I know in uh, in Canada, when plain packaging goes into effect, they're gonna have I think they're dark green bands with white text on them um, that just says the name of the cigar. That's all you can have on it. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, boxes, forget it. Um, and then the amount of tax that's levied in Australia makes it ridiculous. That, as far as I I know, is the most expensive. Uh, area on the planet for cigars so it's it's phenomenally difficult to do business over there but we do we do some just not as much as we'd like you have another question jason before i start ripping through audience questions um, just a quick comment that that the the band thing is really a shame because like that's an awesome cigar band it it's difficult to focus but if you see this in a shop and like get to look at it in person these um liga exclusivas that's a really cool band Thank you. Yeah, I was going to mention how um, plain packaging is, is um, in my opinion, plain packaging is, is even worse than like the FDA stuff that's going on right now, because packaging is uh, it's such a staple in the cigar industry. Like having a gorgeous box, having a gorgeous band is really important to many, many companies. Um, and that's what sets your product apart. Um, and, not, and not only that, it's so traditional. The, you know, that's that's like people collect cigar boxes from 100 years ago because 
they had beautiful packaging. Um, and if we move to plain packaging in 100 years, you're not going to see beautiful collectible cigar boxes anymore, which is sad. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a whole industry that would die. <laughs> the printers would, are, are going to scream if that happens. I mean, uh, it's, it's the amount of detail and artistry that goes into it. I just see it as a different form of art, but it's still art. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll get to some audience questions here. Jeff say, uh, says, what's up, Dave? First yeah, of all. Hey, my boy in Arizona, he went down to the trip. He won a trip to Nicaragua from us. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Uh, up, he wants to know how the event for Pro Sabor was. Uh, well, I only got to be there for the first day. Um, but what I, what I saw of it, it was the best one so far. And every year it gets better and better. And this, is, this year is no exception. Uh, so they had the largest uh, attendance so far. Uh, our event was at a boutique uh, cigar lounge in uh, old Granada. It's called Ciudad Lounge. So oh, if yeah, you ever I've been there. You know all about it then. And uh, it was myself and a few other companies that hosted it. And we, we gave everybody two uh, cigars. We gave them the Liga. And the other uh, companies that were in sponsorship also gave uh, some cigars. And it was actually a benefit. We were raising money. It was a fundraiser for the uh, orphanage in Esteli, as well as the old folks' home in Esteli. So we split the uh, proceeds from that. Uh, 50-50 all, and it was a ticketed event. Uh, a lot of media came, friends of mine that were there that were from the industry. It was good to see them as well. So we had a good time, and I shook their hand at the end of the night around 11.30 at night and uh, hopped on the red eye. I had to drive to Managua for a 2.30 flight to uh, L.A., I mean to uh, Vegas. So it was horrendous. It was, uh, yeah. I guess. it was actually three planes. It was uh, Managua to Lauderdale, Lauderdale to Dallas, Dallas to... Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, it took about 12 hours to get there. Jeez. That's rough. And I started it at 2.30 after an event, so... Um, Ciudad is a really cool place because the the owners there, like, the the owner is the head chef, and he makes incredible food, and he's also a total cigar geek. Absolutely. And his wife. Lovely lady as well. Yeah, his wife is fantastic. You're missing it this year, man. How come you didn't go down? I, I wanted to, um... I just couldn't make it work. We are going to, uh, a couple of us are going to um, ProStar this year instead. Um, too, man. But next year, I'm going to ProSabor again because it was, it was like the time of my life. It was just so much fun hanging out with everybody there, um, all the other media guys uh, and all the cigar manufacturers. It's just, it's a fantastic event. Are you friends with Thor? Are you familiar with Thor from Cigar Press? Uh, actually, I, I've met Thor once, but I know his mom pretty well. Yeah, they were both there. I, we talked at length at the, uh, at the event. They're originally from Chicago, so they're friends of mine. So we, yeah. it was good to catch up. I hadn't seen them for a while because I'm, you know, all the traveling. But yeah, like I said, there are a lot of people there I knew and uh, obviously had a great time. Yeah, it's kind of it's um it's kind of the same feel as IPCPR. You're you're seeing all these people you know but don't get to see very often, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Let's see. I've got a bunch more questions here. Carlos Val- Valencia wants to know if there's a McDonald's down there. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah, they do have McDonald's in Nicaragua. They have McDonald's, they have Burger King. KFC. Yeah. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. Uh, Pizza Hut, Subway. Let's see. Uh, Bob Simo wants to know, He's he really likes Cameroon rappers and wants to know if you anything else in your line besides the CEO, the CEO has Cameroon rappers. No, at this moment, uh, it's just the CEO second, third with the Cameroon. Um, but... Uh, Boy, there's so many cigars that I want to make that I've blended that I have in the can ready to go. And I wanted to at least get something out in every wrapper that we have availability to, which is just about everything. Yeah. Um, 
And so before I do another remake of a wrapper or, or another usage of a wrapper and a line, I want to make sure I cover the gamut with everything else. So I, like I said, I want to get as much variety out there as possible. And then once I've covered all the bases with all the different wrappers that people like, then I can re-blend something in a, as a new cigar using a similar wrapper with a different blend. But I don't want to refocus on the same wrapper yet. Um, let's see. Actually, that that's a good time to bring up. Um, you blend a lot of cigars for other people, for other companies. Uh, some of the companies that we've had on the show, like Warfighter, um, and then other companies, Hiram and Solomon, I'm sure. I mean, there's a bunch of them that I'm forgetting. Um, what's it like... Being the guy that people go to. Uh, it's an honor. Uh, it's uh, a testament. Um, I see it as a testament to my work, and people have recognized it and enjoy my work so much that they've said, "I want you to make my cigar." And, and that's humbling and an honor. I'm an, it's an honor to have people say that to me. And uh, I've been blending now for 20 years, and it's an ongoing process that you never stop learning about blending. It's like martial arts; you continue to train and hone your skills, but you never, you know, you never make grandmaster until, you know, um, it's just something you keep doing. So, because things change, you know, there's different uh, things that happen in our industry with different uh, leaves and different plants that come out, uh, hybrids, you know, we have geneticists yeah. on staff that are continuing to develop new, new wrappers, new strains, new plants, different areas that we grow them in um, produce a, a, or yield a different product. So we're constantly pushing the envelope to do different things. So you never stop learning and how you can use that and incorporate it into your skill set. And I try to be as diverse as possible and using as many different tobaccos as I can. Our family has access to about 167 different varietals of tobacco. Wow. Placencia factory, which I think is the largest uh, in one place availability of, of different tobaccos to use. So as a painter is concerned, you can only paint with the colors that you have on your palette. I have a huge palette of colors available to me, so that's why I have the ability to do what I do, not only for my own, myself with my own brands, but for others as well. And that's one of the reasons the Placencies are as, are as accomplished and successful as they are is because they have access to such large amounts of variety of tobacco. Um, and, and I'm very lucky to be part of that family to be able to have access to it. Um, how did you, I, know, I know you're obviously part of the Placencia family, but how did you get involved with making cigars? Okay, so well, my, so how I'm associated with the Placencia family, just so you're aware, my father and I, uh, and my father and Nestor Placencia are cousins. Don Nestor, as he's called, the older Placencia, mm -hmm. senior. So those two guys are cousins. I call Nestor senior uh, uncle because of his age, different generation. Um, now Nestor Andreas, Nestor junior. I call him uh, cousin and his brother, Gustavo, and his younger brother as well, um, Jose Luis. But um, how I got into the business is an interesting story. Uh, I was the first one in the family uh, that was born in the United States. And I was born in Chicago, if you couldn't tell by my act. Um, so I'm a Chicago Cuban American, as I like to call myself. Um, but uh, I grew up as any American kid would. You know, I grew up wanting to be the police. You know, the tobacco industry was not a part of our vernacular other than it was part of our life in the fact that the old men in the family that was there they would always be smoking cigars playing dominoes and drinking cuban coffee in a white beater you know the proverbial Cuban men smoking cigars so i was always around it it was always something that was there but you know it wasn't an opportunity to get in the business because we weren't in the business in the united states our family had to 
adjust to the America that they now lived in, and that was behind them in Cuba, um, the immediate family, that is. So growing up wanting to become the police, I went to, uh, I joined the military when I was 18, used my GI Bill, went to the university, and I uh, got my criminal justice degree, among other things. I had like two, three majors. I also got my paramedic uh, license, and I put my name on every list, as anybody who wants to be a civil servant does. And I was called by the uh, Cook County Sheriff's Department, so I, I took that job because that was the first one that came up. And I was a deputy sheriff of Cook County. The next year, the Chicago Police and the Chicago Fire Department called me. And after being a sheriff in Cook County, I mean Cook County, uh, <laughs> I did not want to be part of that problem or mess anymore. So I went to the Chicago Fire Department. And I was there for seven years. And while I was there, which is now the mid-90s, so I'm telling you guys my age, um, this cigar boom hit. And this crazy thing happened where all these yuppies started smoking cigars and wanted to learn about cigars. And this crazy, goofy magazine came out. I think it was called Cigar Aficionado at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the madness of the cigar boom of the 90s. So, meantime, I'm like uh, in my 20s, early 20s, mid-20s, and suddenly all my friends were looking at me because I was the cigar expert because I had been smoking, and they all thought I was crazy. I was the only guy smoking cigars my age, and they were like, hey, man, you have a lot of cigars. How do you cut it? How do you light it? What's a good cigar? What's a bad cigar? Hey, can I get a cigar from you? Well, I was like, yeah, sure, here, have a cigar, and then another guy and another guy, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're like, hey, man, we'll buy them from you. No problem. And I was just getting these cigars from you. Yeah. So it's like, sounds like there's a business to be had here. You know, maybe this is an opportunity for me and my father and, and my uncle Francisco to get back into the business that the family had left behind. So in 1998, uh, we uh, got together and incorporated and formed Blanco Cigar Company. And we opened up our factory in Ybor City, uh, which is in the Tampa area. And uh, it was known as Cigar City back in the day. There were more cigars made there in Ybor City than there were in Cuba back in the 20s. So it was the hotbed, traditional place in this country to make cigars. So as a result, there were a lot of Cuban immigrants there that were rollers. I still had family coming out of Cuba that were rollers and, and used to work in the industry. So we employed them. We bought tobacco from the Placencias and we rolled them in, in uh, the States. Unfortunately, my uncle uh, Francisco came down uh, with an illness as a result of his exposure to Agent Orange in Vietnam and uh, ended up in a wheelchair. Uh, two years after we started the business. We, he was running the factory in 98. Uh, my job was to be on the road and do marketing and design work and blending of tobacco and do sales. My father's job was administrative. He was the president of the company. He handled uh, legal, licensing, taxes, things of that nature. So when my uncle Francisco could no longer run the operation, the factory, we had to go somewhere else. So that's when we picked up the phone to the Placencias and said, hey, can we move production down to your facility? And of course, they said, come on down, no problem. And so in 2000 is when we actually moved our production out of the United States to Escalina, Nicaragua. And well, there you go. That's how, that's how it happened. Out of necessity. So. And then it just kept going from there, huh? Not really. Had a hiccup. Uh, <laughs> 2000 was a good year. The first two years, we were really doing well. And then 9-11 happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, little hiccup there. It changed the world as we knew it. Um, Absolutely. My and I were both still in the Army Reserves. So uh, the day of, he I, I had just come home from uh, working on a shift on the fire department. It was a 24-hour shift. And at the time I was married, I had just gotten to bed. 20 minutes later, my wife's shaking me. you got to see something's going on on the TV. Something happened. This plane flew into a building in New York. We got up, 
And I, as it was like, as many of us did at that time, and, and most of us will remember where we were. Absolutely. Uh, we all saw the second plane fly into the building. And uh, at that point, uh, the first words out of my mouth were, I wonder where I'll be going. Because I knew that this was an act of war. The world had changed forever as we knew it. And when those buildings fell and we all watched them, I knew that this was catastrophically going to change them. Um, nobody expected that to happen. However, just shortly after that, the phone rang. It was my father. He was like, hey, you got to drive me to Washington. What are you talking about? He was just mobilized. So he uh, he couldn't rent a car because every car that was a rental was gone yep. because all the flights were grounded. So I had to drive him to, to D.C. and we had a nice long talk in the car. And it was basically, okay, son, you're in charge. Um, here are the keys. Do your best. Don't screw it up. And keep it going as long as you can. And uh, that's what I did for about six months. And then I got a phone call. Uh, and I was off to Afghanistan, and I was gone for 18 months. So when I left, we had to close the doors. I gave the keys to somebody. So if somebody calls for cigars, send them. I had, I think I had 12 reps at the time, more or less. Wow. Well, so we were rolling with some steam. We were doing very well. Yeah. And uh, when that happened, everybody vanished. They're independent reps. They all had portfolios with different brands. We had to close our office, so they just moved down, dropped our line. Mm -hmm. And uh, we closed the doors. Uh, I didn't know when I'd be coming back. At least one year, maybe two. My father didn't know how long. Uh, he did such a good job in Washington that they sent him to Iraq. So he was in Iraq when I was in Afghanistan. And my mother wasn't too happy about that. But uh, <laughs> that was the reality. So um, two years, past, fast forward to the end of 03, I come back. And my father was like, listen, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be, you know, timing the world. Things happen, you know. And I told him, listen, I said, I've never given up in anything I've ever done in my life. I had everything I've ever invested in, owned or made, invested into the company. And I knew that if I could make it successful the first time, that there's no reason why I couldn't do it a second time. With the slight handicap of not having any money left to invest because it was already invested. And already gone. So uh, I had to do it on a shoestring budget and with no reps because they had all moved on. Hey, I'm sorry, my portfolio's full. You know, we don't have the room help. Sorry, too bad. So I had to hit the road and do it all myself. And I came back to the IPCPR, the trade show or for our industry, and uh, showed up with a booth. And people were like, hey, what happened? You're like, we thought you went out of business, you know, money problems or whatever. It happens all the time in our business, right? Yeah, all the time. Right. They thought, you know, I had a couple years, things didn't go well or whatever, and they thought I vanished. Well, they showed up at our booth, and I was like, well, my father was with me. So I was like, well, he was in Iraq, and I was in Afghanistan. Sorry, we're, but we're back now. They're like, you're kidding. Thank you so much for your service. I'll take 15 boxes. Back on the map. So this is how we slowly clawed our way back, uh, earning the trust of our customers and and, and basically remaking the company. Uh, it was, uh, I, you know, I talk about it and not that I'm emotional, but man, I think about what it took for me to get back to where I'm sitting here right now talking to you. And uh, boy, oh boy, what a long and twisted road it was. So yeah. after that, of course, the economy took a dump. So, you know, things like uh, disposable income for cigars, when people are losing their houses and foreclosed on, you know, the economy exactly wasn't rolling for our industry. So we had to tighten our belt again. Uh, then we had to sustain the S-chip uh, issue with uh, the Obama administration levying a 41-cent tax, basically, on us with the, uh, the S-chip issue, which killed a lot of people because, listen, we used to, we used to import 100,000 cigars at a time before that. And I would have to pay, I don't know, $2,500 in federal excise tax to get them released. Mm -hmm. So, from $2,500 for 100,000 cigars 
$41,000 overnight. Yeah. Wow. And you have to pay that before you can have the cigars to sell. Just to get them out of their warehouse so I can get them in my possession. So I had to buy the product, I had to pay the S-chip, and I hadn't sold a cigar yet. So my cash flow for travel, advertising, marketing was shrinking real quick. So what, what we had and finally faced and realized is that when we, when we move, we have to set up our own bonded warehouse. So we are now the bonded facility where our product sits. We do not have to extend that 41 cents a cigar until it leaves our warehouse. Yeah. The only thing that leaves our warehouse is when it's sold. Yeah. So the cash flow isn't tied up. It goes from now the customer's hand, which is the retail shop, to our hand, directly to the federal government, and it's not killing us. So this is one reason we set up a, our, our, our bonded facility, uh, and that didn't happen until we moved out of Chicago, which is where our warehouse was. Even though our tobacco cigar production facility was in Tampa until 2000, when we closed that operation and we went to Nicaragua for production, we had to have them shipped somewhere. Well, my uncle was out of the picture for any type of work. So my father and I were still living in Chicago. We had to set up a warehouse in Chicago. And as you know, up in the north, most of the major cities up there, liberal type of uh, uh, political situations, they're very anti-smoking, high-tax oh, yeah. situation. So I don't care if you were in New York or Chicago or L.A. or wherever, you, they started choking our business. So we had now another problem with raising our, our taxes issues, cost of doing business. So all of this caused us uh, to move out of Chicago, and that happened in 2010. Uh, we moved our facility to Clearwater, Florida. Back to our roots, right outside Tampa, where it was originally. It was a great place to go. So since 2010, we've been down there. And uh, then the last uh, dagger that he, they tried to throw was the FDA on us, right? So uh, we survived my uncle's illness in closing the factory, 9-11 uh, and two wars, uh, an economy that took a dump on us, uh, S-chip, and now the FDA. All that within the span of 20 years. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Blanco's here to stay. We're, we continue to grow throughout the entire thing. I continue to learn all my skills and uh, my blending skills. And we now have other companies joining us to help grow our company. Like we mentioned before, Hireman Solomon, Warfighter, and a bevy of others that are constantly coming to me for private labels. So, um, and it's all because of the demand that you guys out there are watching uh, have have asked for our product so you guys have created the demand for our product we we like to thank you as a family uh we'd like to thank you as team blanco because i'm those guys sitting here that you're looking at but there is a virtual legion uh behind me making this happen by no means is this a one-man show uh, i'm just steering the boat you know i am not the sail i am not the oar i'm not the rudder I'm just steering it. There are many others involved in it. So thank you very much for all the support you guys have shown us throughout the past 20 years. And if it's only been the past few years, thank you for that. And we appreciate the uh, ability to continue to bring you good cigars. So thanks. That was great. Uh, I I really enjoyed hearing the story. Um, so thanks, our man. last segment, we're going to go a little long here. Is that okay with you, David? If we go like 15, min 15 more minutes? I got, a few, I got a few minutes before I light this bad baby up. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we're holding you back from your cigar, man. I feel bad about that. Our, <laughs> our last segment is brought to you by Drew Estate. Um, they make great cigars. Go on Cigar Safari. That's where I got this hat painted. And an interesting tie-in is that when I got this hat painted, uh, when the rest of us were going home, one of the guys on Safari uh, got picked up by David in a, I think it was like a Maxima or a yeah, I think it was, Sentra. Yeah, yeah something uh, else. Yeah, yeah. 
you picked him up at the factory so that he could do a double header of the Cigar Safari and then the Blanco tour. Yeah, that was Don, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, that was Don Bleeker. Don from Canada. Yeah, that's right. If Don's watching, how you doing, Don? Yeah, he's he's a good friend. Um, yeah. I've got one more good question here. Where did it go? Um, Samuel Purdy's been asking. He wants to know what's going on with the American Legions. He says uh, he's waiting on the rebrand, and he wants to know if you've got a timeline for that. Okay, so uh, I mentioned this in another interview, but uh, if Sam doesn't watch it, I'll be happy to mention it again. So we did a cigar, another one of the brands that we had for a while was called the American Legion. I'm a member of the American Legion. We made that cigar and donated the proceeds to the American Legion. It was a very good cause. Uh, we were supposed to have a long-term relationship for them or with them um, to be able to ensure that we could sustain the growth of the brand um, and still recoup our cost and then donate the proceeds. And we would do that on a quarterly basis. You know, we'd give them checks. Um, so to do that, as you do any brand, you, pre, you pre-manufacture things like boxes, uh, yeah. packs and printed material and things of that nature. So we stockpiled all this stuff and we had figured by year five we would be exactly we would be exactly even and not have lost any money we, for our investment that was to manufacture and travel and all this stuff. So we were still cutting them checks on a quarterly basis, you know, based on all the proceeds that we got and profit, right? So uh, we got so successful with that that about two and a half years in I guess people in the uh, American Legion that were on the uh, liberal side of things decided we don't want our name and logo associated with tobacco. Oh. Oh. We need to stop this right now. And they pressured um, the National Association uh, up in Indianapolis, where they're headquartered, and got them to rescind the deal that we had. Uh. They're like, hey, guess what? Sorry, guys. Uh, can't use our logo and name anymore. But keep sending those checks. <laughs> at that point, I was $30,000 in the hole. I'm staring at a... a, a a mountain of, of cigar rings, a mountain of boxes, a mountain of package material that we had already printed. And they're telling me I got to just burn it. Oh, man. So I was like, oh, that's great. Uh, meanwhile, we got a 91 rating on the cigar. I had handed the cigar out a couple times at Cigar Fest uh, for CI's Cigar Fest. So, I mean, we had built the brand. We, had, we were successful with it. And, and I guess somebody saw the cigar and realized that the logo was the American Legion. We, that we were fully allowed to do that. But they just got pressured to reverse their position. So as a result, we are now rebranding the cigar. I have been doing that. And it looked like I wasn't going to be able to do it because of the FDA. But now the stance is that I can redo it. The packaging doesn't constitute a new brand. So now I can do that. So this year, we're going to try to get the rebranding of what was formerly known as the American Legion Premium Cigar out to the fans. And uh, he asked me for a timeline. I'm trying by doing guys, but don't hold me to it. Uh, because of all the things that are going on with EO, with Ireland, mm-hmm. with uh, Warfighter, and, a, and a, a host of other private labels, those are customers that. Yeah. They're asking to make product for them. They need it for trade shows. They need it at a certain time. I have to honor my commitment to them, and I will provide their product on a timely basis. So, unfortunately, that one project for the American Legion. If I'm expecting to come out this year because I will have time. It's just if something else pops up that I wasn't anticipating or expecting, it might take me a little longer. But I'm hoping to have it out by the summer. I can't mention the name yet because we're still working on some things. <laughs> but I had sure. it settled, and now I, can't, I didn't have it settled, so I gotta I gotta refrain from letting or the reveal, as it were. But I'm um, sorry I have to do that. But it is what it is. Yeah, it happens. Um, yeah. Jason, why don't you go ahead with a question before I pick yeah. some winners here? So I was just thinking that um, how 
how difficult is it nowadays to find a name that you can use for a cigar? It, it seems like that's got to be one of the most challenging things. Um, it can be because there are so many extraneous companies out there that have, you know, are making cigars that you've never heard of that are so small that they may have thought of your great idea before you did in naming your cigar. And you're like, oh, damn. But what you do is you do a search. you got to do your due diligence. And you just do a search for registered names. Like if I have a name that I want to use, I'm going to go right to the database and you can look up the name with regard to the tobacco section. Uh, if there's any cigars with any the name like that or similar to it that might have a conflict or confusion, you can do your due diligence and you know if you're going to get an objection um, or you can challenge it and try to do it anyway. So um, it's it, it can happen, but you, 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 you try to, you know, you come up with the best name that you want and usually they have meaning. Like Blanc was my last name, so that was no stretch. But you know, you want to put an X on anything? I think twice. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, but things like that uh, are, are issues. So it's not super ridiculous, but it can happen. I mean, you guys are familiar with what happened to AJ Fernandez just recently, right? No. Yes. Um. Um. I don't think he, so. He had to he had to change his whole logo. Oh yes, uh, that was the uh, was that the American Legion one that was it was too or. Maybe it was no, the Masons no. that it was too close to. No, 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 no. That's that was another thing. No, no. With okay. AJ, with AJ Fernandez, uh, he had to change his A F Fernandez too close to Arturo Fuente. Oh, okay. So he had the A, the J, and the F, but he, they thought the logo was too similar, and so there was a conflict there, and they politely asked him to change it. Yeah, that that happens a lot in the industry where. Um, <laughs> You're not necessarily going to get a cease and desist, but you'll get a a polite letter that says change this, or you'll get the cease and desist next week. Yeah, and sometimes it's not so polite, but it happens. Yeah. So I mean, this happens from time to time. Um, but even a guy like AJ is not immune to it, and he's using his initials for his name. I mean, so uh, you de- you definitely have to be careful, and it's definitely a process you work through. But uh, it can happen. And we've got a couple shout outs here. Uh, I want to I want to just address some of the shout outs from Marshall Morgan. He says you should light up your cigar. <laughs> you trying to get in trouble, Marshall? Come on, man. Uh, Tim Benicky, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he just says, what's up? What's up, brother? Good to hear from him. I'm glad you're watching the show. I hope you're staying warm. Let's see. Uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead with another one before we before we wrap it up here? Okay, yeah. So what um what's something that you're looking forward to in the coming year? Do you have any like a special project or just maybe like a cool event that you're doing? I do. I do have a couple of things coming up. We're doing some new stuff for Hireman Solomon, as I mentioned. We're going to do some new stuff for Warfighter, uh, and in particular, I'm going to be partnering with a friend of mine who owns a liquor company, um, also veteran owned and operated, and. Uh, he has a bourbon called America Bourbon with an M. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing the America Bourbon Barrel Age Cigar for that. Ooh. Ooh, so nice. Fun. Yeah, man. Now, that's something that I, other people have come out with some bourbon barrel age stuff and barrel age this and barrel age that. Um, let's just say I'm going to take my time and make sure it's done right. So when I bring mine out, it's going to be good um, to the way I like it and the way everybody out there would like it to be. Um, I'm not disparaging anybody's cigars. I'm just saying that I think we can uh, we can make something very special. Uh, but I want I'm experimenting with some different ways of actually. Um, and I use the word infusing, um, 
I'm, di- I'm, I'm experimenting with different ways. I feel like when it's alcohol, you might be able to use the word infusing. Okay, so I'm, I'm experimenting with some different ways of getting transmitting the flavor of the bourbon into the cigar. We're going to be using barrels, obviously, in pressurized situations. And I'm also trying a bevy of other things, experimenting to get it right. Um, and so we're going to go out and do some things maybe a little bit different to see how we can accomplish to make sure it's a product that you guys will all love. And we're very excited to do that because we, ex- we, ex- we intend to have a cigar out there that is like no other when it comes to the barrel-aged anything. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we're very excited to, to be hopefully one of the first to come out with something special like that. I'm always interested to see how barrel aging works because it is hit or miss. Um, everybody's kind of find, has to find their own kind of process for it. Um, yep. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So it, I'm, I'm really interested to see how you do it because I know you're yeah. not going to just throw no. it against the wall until it sticks. No, well, it's it's going to be a good product. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm not going to bring it out and you'll never know if it's not a good product because the only thing you're going to get... <laughs> So you can guarantee it. Like I said, I don't quit at anything until I get it right. I will solve that equation, and I will get it right, and you guys will be the benefactors of that because you're going to get a great cigar that's very different from anything else out there that's called barrel-aged. That's the desire. Awesome. Um, Jason, why don't you ask one more question before we close out? Yeah, so um, as we're getting to the end here, where um, where can people find you on the Internet, social media? If they sure. want to keep track of what's going on. Okay, I'll give everybody a chance to get a pen. And paper. <laughs> so on Facebook, uh, don't bother friending me on my personal profile because I've reached the 5,000 max limit and I've got like another thousand people backed up that I keep telling everybody don't friend me because I can't accept any more friend requests. So what I did to solve that problem is I opened a public profile called David Blanco the Man. All one word, no spaces. It, it tripped me up. You have to, if you go to facebook.com slash David Blanco, the man, that's the easiest way to get it. There you go. All right. So that, it's David Blanco, the man. That is basically the same Facebook account I use. I do the same thing on my pro, on my personal profile as I do on that page because I'm trying to push everybody over to that because the benefit of the public profile is there's no limit. I could have millions of people on that. Not that I have millions yeah. of people, but. There's no limit on it. So the 5,000 limit they put on these personal profiles is, is unfortunately something Facebook does. So go to David Blanco, the man. You don't, you don't friend request me on public profile. You just like and follow. So mm-hmm. you can automatically just follow everything I do by liking and following. And then we have Blanco Cigar Fans. That's our, other, that's our fan page. So we have the fan page, Blanco Cigar Fans, and then David Blanco, the man. The third one, which is my personal profile, you guys, I, I wish I could friend you all, but I can't friend one more person. <laughs> Zuckerberg, but I don't know what it is. Zuck is somebody. And uh, until he changes that, you got to do it the other way. So you can also find me on Instagram, David Blanco 007. Um, my YouTube uh, channel is David Blanco or David A. Blanco. Um, and what am I missing? Oh, I got um, Snapchat. For all you hipsters out there, um, and uh, am I miss? Oh, Twitter. I think Snapchat's over. I think people have, are bailing on Snapchat. Really? It was. It came and gone that quickly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm glad to hear it because it was. Get. I was too many things for me. And then there's Twitter. <laughs> uh, Blanco cigars. I mean, David Blanco Blanco cigars. So uh, I think I covered everything there, right? I YouTube, think so. Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat for you uh, hipsters out there. 
So uh, that's how you can find me. What are you laughing about? I know you got a man button under that hat. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm trying to find some winners here. Um, so our first winner, I'm using a random number generator and then going through the comments, is Samuel Purdy. Hey, and, nice. there you yeah, go. there you go. Get your weasel yeah. on, buddy. And our second winner is Elaine McBride. So Elaine McBride and Samuel Purdy sent an email to trip, T-R-I-P-P, at cigarfederation.com. Um, I will, I'll have to email you so you can spend your 99 cents to get five free cigars uh, from David Blanco. Hey, can they do that um, through PayPal? <laughs> Uh, we're going to, we're going to send them an invoice. I think what we're going to do is kind of set up a product in the store. That's 99 cents. So whenever you win, you just buy that product free shipping. It's done. Um, but send me an email trip at cigarfederation.com. That's trip with two P's. Um, and, and we'll get your winning shipped out to you once we've got all that FDA stuff. Um, David, thank you so much for joining us. It was an, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Hey, thanks, brother. I, and again, sorry I missed it earlier, but this is when it was meant to be and happen, and it was a pleasure talking to you guys. And I'm glad everybody out there uh, got to watch, and I hope I was entertaining and everybody enjoyed it. and got to learn something a little bit a bit more about uh, Blanco Cigars, myself, and Team Blanco. So thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, that's what we love to do. Um, it's We don't just want to get your name out there. We want people to get to know you a little bit. That's what's fun about it about this is you know we we're not just interviewing you we're kind of hanging out for a little while people get to know you as a person uh rather than just as the name on the cigar that they like well for those that don't know i always have a tagline and for those of you that do know i'll give it to you right now we appreciate you guys staying uh, up and uh, talking to us but always remember stay smoky all right thank you everybody for watching thank you everybody on the armed forces radio network for listening uh thank you all, all of our podcast listeners and everybody watching on youtube like and subscribe uh we'll be back next week uh with two episodes in a row or not in a row but two days in a row of uh sharing our pairings episodes we're gonna have uh something something cool cooked up uh everybody have a safe weekend and we'll see you next week